So um, some of you, some of you might know already, um, just from Facebook, and um, that I had been in a pretty bad accident. I call it my testimony, blessing in disguise. I'm just going to read the Facebook post. I know everybody doesn't have Facebook, so. My blessing in disguise. Champ is my new horse that I purchased from Virginia. I was so excited to get him home, but didn't realize how excited he was as well. I've been riding horses 48 years and have never had a serious accident. I don't remember exactly what happened, but the next thing I knew, I was headed to the ER in an ambulance with broken ribs and whiplash. Champ and I have a long way to go, but sometimes God has other plans. We think we are headed down one path and God stops us and turns us in another direction. All we can do is hold on, <clears throat> pray, and trust him. So um, I just think at this time is a good place to just say thank you to um, Caleb, um, Jeffrey, my son, my farmhand Josh, um, who were there. Um, well, Sean and Josh were there right after the accident. Josh saw the whole thing happen. and. Um, as soon as I was bucked off, I lost all my memory. I couldn't remember, kind of get my bearings of where I was at. And all I could see was my horse just running, taking off down the road. And I was able to kind of get up. And um, after I got my breath and I looked up and um, Josh was running to get Sean. All I could do, I got my phone out of my vest somehow. And all I could think of was calling Rodney Mitchell. He was the only one I thought that could catch my horse. And... Um, he didn't answer. I wasn't very happy about that, but he was off doing ministry in Crowheart, so I understood. Um, after the ambulance got, before the ambulance got there, Caleb was there, and um, Jeffrey, it was so good to see Jeffrey. Um, when you're in that kind of situation, it's good to see people kind of come around you that you know. And um, So anyway, I end up in the hospital. Um, I'm in a lot of pain. They have to do the x-rays. For um, All I could think of is that I had a broken back. My daughter was there instantly, and they had called her. And um, after the x-ray results came back and said that um, I didn't have a broken back, that it was just broken ribs. I don't know if you've ever had broken ribs, but it's hard to breathe. It's hard, you know, all I could think about was the pain in my back. and. Um, and everybody, a lot of family members were kind of coming in and out and telling me everybody that kind of had gathered around the hospital, and it just meant so much to me that all these people were there. And um, so anyway, I'm sitting there and, you know, waiting. After I got the results, they told me it was a broken rib, and, I, and they said, well, now, you know, you just got to get on some, you know, I'm like, what do I do about it? And they said, there's nothing to do. You just got to get on pain meds and try to make it through six weeks of recovery. And um, I said, what about my head? I had a terrible splitting headache, and I'd lost some memory at the time. And um, they said, well, the only way you can tell if you have a concussion is to do a CAT scan. And I said, well, well, let's do a CAT scan. They said, well, did you hit your head? And I said, I don't remember what I hit. Do I have mud in my hair? I don't know. But I wanted to, you know, I insisted on the CAT scan. And um, so they, by this time, it's 1 o'clock in the morning, and... I didn't care. I wanted to, you know, get this CAT scan done and make sure everything was okay. They took me in, did the CAT scan, came back out. And I think at the time my sister was in the room with me. My mom had stepped out and the doctor had came in and she said, I've got your results. And she said, it's not good news. And um, I said to uh, my, 
I'm, you know, I just can't tell you when you hear that, you're just like, you know, you just kind of go numb. And um, they said they found a tumor in your brain. And um, somebody had said Gabby right after that. And I said, don't, don't tell Gabby, don't tell Gabby. And they said, she's in the room. And I looked up and I saw her little face. And um, she just came and fell on me. And um, just the fear in her face and just the what now, Lord. Um, and I was glad my mom wasn't in the room. And I, you know, I said, made a pact with everybody that we weren't going to don't tell mom, don't tell Sean, don't, you know, don't tell anybody till we can kind of just get to grips with this. We were tired and just wanted to get home. And so um, after we had gotten home the next morning, my sister came over and I said, we've got to tell my mom. And so mom came in and, you know, all I could think of was, and the, the doctor even said, you know, if you hadn't had this accident, if you hadn't been bucked off that horse, we might not have ever found this tumor. And she did say it was a small tumor, and it was good that they had caught it when they, when they did, that it was small enough that, you know, we can do something about it. And so I called, you know, that's the first thing I told mom was, I went all the way to Virginia to get this horse, to bring it home, to get bucked off, to find out that I had a tumor. And not that it was worth it, but it was, you know, to find this out that early, you know, it was important that we'd found it early. So I knew I had to tell Sean, and Sean is my worrier. When his dad left, he just came around me just constantly, Mom, are you okay? Is there anything? I mean, he just, he's a worry, you know, he has a worry to, you know. I knew it wasn't going to be easy to tell him, and I was concerned about telling him and how he was going to handle it, and so it was a big deal, and kind of I prayed about it all day and he had something going on that night so I couldn't tell him that night I didn't you know and then the next morning I said Sean I need to tell you something and um, I brought him in I said Sean you know told him the whole story it was worth it God had a plan you know I've got a tumor and he's like I know the Lord told me you had a tumor the night of the when they told me they they were going to do a cat scan the Lord told me you had a tumor and you were going to be okay and he walked out the room. <laughs> I was like, yeah, and I was like, what? You know, where did this come from? And all I could think about was the childlike faith that he had. And, and so, I, you know, I studied the childlike faith, and I couldn't find it in the Bible where it talked about childlike faith exactly, but it did talk about the faith that God looks for is humble teachable and trusting like a child. In this way, the Christian is to have childlike faith. Jesus emphasized that this kind of faith when he said, let the children come to me, do not hinder them, for to such belongs the kingdom of God. Truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. Mark 10, 14 through 15. So it was Sean's faith throughout the week and just everybody's prayers and support that really kind of got me through this, um, knowing that I had to get the MRIs um, and then try to get to a specialist as soon as possible. So we made the appointment, um, and I had a doctor friend that got us in. That was a God thing, just got me in really quickly to Atlanta. You know, it's something to have to kind of wait a day, a two, you know, three days, four days. You know, you're waiting to get in and just to kind of find out what the final results are. 
Um, so the morning I was leaving to get ready to go to the neurologist, I got to a specialist in Atlanta. Um, Sean was getting ready for school and he was getting ready to leave and he's like ready to run out the door and I'm like, hey, you know, I got my appointment today with the neurologist. I'm going to find out what's going on. And he's like, okay, cool. Good luck. You know, let me know how it goes. Just, I was like, okay. And so I got up to um, Atlanta. My good friend Dawn went with me and my sister and um, we got in there and took about five minutes. He did some neurological test on me real quick and just went over some things that happened with the accident and he pulled up the scan of the, the x-ray and when you see your brain and you see this big tumor on it, you know, it's kind of a scary thing and um, it didn't take long for him to say to me that it was benign and that I had, had nothing to worry about. that um, it is in a part of my brain that um, if they ever did have to, basically they're going to just watch it for the next, you know, do another MRI in another six months. Um, he definitely was not concerned about it needing to be removed. Um, he's going to watch it. Um, if it ever did come to a point where it needed to be removed, it's in the part of the brain that is very, you know, not very risky. So um, just to throw in something else kind of funny, I ended up texting Sean right after <laughs> the, um, the results came in. I said, good news, it's not cancerous. He said, that's good. <laughs> he knew, he knew God had told him and he trusted him. And if we could all just listen to the Lord like he did and just know and have the faith and all my friends around me and Rodney and Nita, you know, I know you all had faith, and you know, and, and your, your prayers were so welcomed, and you all gave me strength to get through that week. Um, but you know, when you find something out, you know, like this, when I was in the what if stage, you know, I'd kind of gone through a season in my life for the past three years that um, you know was a tough season. And I wasn't prepared to go through another hard season. And that was kind of my prayer through all this that, you know, what, you know I can't handle this. I'm, I'm finally in a good place. Uh, my kids are doing great, you know, not only um, spiritually, but, you know, Gabby's got a wedding coming up. My mom moved to town. You know, it's just I'm in a good season in my life. And so... That was something I wanted to read. You know, for everything there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven. A time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, and a time to pluck up what is planted. A time to kill, a time to heal. A time to break down, a time to build up, a time to weep, and a time to laugh. A time to mourn, a time to dance, a time to cast away stones. And a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace, and a time to refrain from embracing. For he has never leaves us or forsakes us. He, his love for us is greater than we could ever imagine through we live in a world where there is face trouble many days. Jesus reminds us in John 16:33, in this world you will have trouble, but take courage for I have overcome the world. That was something that I hadn't even kind of mentioned to anybody just that I felt this, you know, that just wasn't fair that I'd gone through this season in my life and now like, if I, you know, just looking ahead what I would be dealing with. Um, but after I'd sent the good news out, 
and I had sent Brother Wayne a message that said good news, you know. He had sent me <clears throat> a message back that kind of summed it all up for me. He said, well, our God is so good. I believe our God is going to give you days and years of joy and, un and happiness to replace the heartbreaking season you have been through, so get ready to receive. Beauty for ashes, to provide those who grieve, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, Isaiah 61, 3. And all I can do is just thank the Lord. Isn't it good to see a victory? Huh? Isn't it good to see a victory? You know what it does to you? It just pumps you ready for the next one. So let me tell you something. He ain't gone nowhere. He's alive and well. And we got more work to do. We got more work to do. There's others. And I'm not at the frame. I shared a little bit with you on, on Wednesday night. If you was here Wednesday night, I shared some things. I, I didn't give no names because I can't. But I'm going to tell you, there's some others. So, so listen, don't, don't take your armor off. Don't take your armor off. Just reach over and grab a strap and just pull it a little tighter. Because he ain't through. He ain't through. It's his objective is to wreck this joint, I can tell you. And it ain't a joint, you understand what I'm saying? Figure of speech. But that's his, that's his M.O. And if he can take one of you out, one at a time, that's all he cares about. One at a time. Just keep, just keep grabbing one. Just keep grabbing one. I don't consider myself a, a, a prophetic person. You know, and, and whatever God does with that, he does with that. Okay? He's, he's teaching me all of that. But, but let me tell you something. I've never said anything that's been more prophetic than when I said at the beginning of this year, at the end of last year, that the enemy's going to do everything that he can to get some of you out of here. He's going to do everything he can. And I told you this, I told you, and, 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 and this, is the, this is the part that blows me away. The thing that he uses to get you out of here is going to be so petty. It's not at that moment. Because every storm... Okay, I don't make light of pettiness. Okay, I'm not trying to be, I don't do that. That's not love. That ain't got nothing to do with love. Your situation, whether it's petty to somebody else or not, your situation is real to you. And I understand that completely. So I'm not making petty of light of, of situations. What I'm trying to say is that when, 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 when it happens, it's a big storm in your life. But a year from now, when you look back, you go, you're going to go, wow. I let that get me out of my family. I let that get me away from people who love me, will intercede for me, will bring food to my house, will love, as Vicky said, that will love big. I let that rob me of, of what? Of all of those blessings. So I want to challenge you. Pay attention to what's going on around you. Don't let the enemy, don't let him win. You wrestle not with flesh and blood. Your problem is not with me. I'm sorry to say, but it's not with me. It's with him. And wherever him is, he has, is right now. I don't know if hell's that away. 
We always, can, we always say that, but somebody told me China's down there, and <laughs> I don't want to say China's going to hell. So somewhere in the middle, maybe, because Chinese are great people too. God, I think God created them, didn't he? Be careful what you call bad what God created. Huh? <laughs> Be careful. So I love the Chinese people. Pray for them. Man, what a horrendous disease that's over there right now. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, touch those precious people. Those are your people too. Those are you, you created them. And so we ask you to bless them and bless that just move that disease out of there, that flu, whatever it is, God, move it out of there. Stop it. You're able to. One word out of your mouth, and it has to be stopped in its track. So we bless them. Woo! Hallelujah. I called Angie. This is before that report. After she got over a bitterness for me not answering the phone. No, she wasn't. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I said, um, after we talked just a second, I make sure, I have to, you know, sometimes I don't think about people's situation before I say something. So I'm trying to learn my five-second rule. Just wait five seconds before you say anything. It always helps. So I, tried, I, I just kind of talked for a few seconds to see what kind of frame of mind she was in. And, and, and out of that, I, I felt that I was okay to say this. And I said, um, did you make eight seconds? <laughs> I don't know if I did or not. I said, well, you don't get a check if you don't make eight seconds. <laughs> As I was praying this week and talking to the Lord and working and the Lord asked this question for me to ask to ask you. Wednesday night was a, a good night around here. Um, Susan was here. Susan Avant had came. And earlier that day Gail had sent me a text that Susan's all the cancer that had spread in Susan's um, situation. Um, they done an MRI and it was gone. I couldn't find it. It was gone. It was there. Now it's not. Okay. He's still able. He's still able. He's still able. It was there. Now it's not. Okay. He's still able. But I asked this question. And I want to ask you, and then I'll ask the question the Lord asked me. And ask for me to ask you. Why do you come to church? Why? I thought so too, Beth. Why are you here today? That's not probably a good question for a preacher to ask, you know, about his congregation. Why did you even come? But I don't mean it that way, like some of you are thinking right now. But why are you here? And we talked about that a little bit. 
And then the second question is, because this will, this, will, this will answer the first question. Are you ready for the storm? Are you ready for the storm? See, then that goes back to the first question. Am I just here because that's what my granddaddy done, my daddy done it, and now I do it? We just go to church. That's what good people do, Rodney. They go to church. Yeah, I know. I read about some of them in this book right here. Good people that went to church. And, and please don't take this wrong. I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to, I'm glad you come to church. <laughs> Hallelujah. But are you ready for the storm? Are you ready when the doctor looks at you? At the beginning of my term here as pastor, I challenged you, and, and, and I'm going to say it again. If we operate, in, if, if all we do is come to hear Brother Rodney preach, we're coming for the wrong reasons. And if all of our hope, you notice Angie didn't call me to pray for her. She called me to catch her horse. The reason because I'm the only cowboy in this house. The rest of y'all are wannabes. No, I'm just kidding. I ain't no cowboy either. <laughs> I'm a wannabe. We give it our best shot, don't we, Johnny Hammond? We've been... <laughs> Won't go into all that. That's all between me and Johnny. Some of our stories. But why, you know, when the storm comes, when, when Angie got that news... Hallelujah for a church family that you can call. Yes, that's, that's what it's about. That's why God put us together. Hallelujah for a son that says, okay, mom, no big deal. Been raised up. Been raised up in a faith, in a faith house. Been taught from birth. God's able. God's able. I was so proud of Sean. I talked to him Wednesday night. So proud of him. Thank God we're raising up some more. We're raising up some more. Spend a lot of money on the preschool department. Spending more money on the preschool department. Why? To raise up children. They can go to school when mama's going to the doctor and, 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 and maybe thinking it's going to be bad, but can just say, okay, I'll see you after a while. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. I've got to go to school. No big deal. My God's able. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Why are you going to church? Are you just coming to put in an hour? Are you just coming because socially it's the right thing to do? Let me tell you something. If you're just coming because it's socially the right thing to do or, or whatever, when the storm comes, it's going to be ugly. And I'm not saying that critical, okay? I was there. I've been there. I've been there. I know how that is. But I'm going to tell you something. There's something real about this man called Jesus. And you need to encounter him on a greater level than you've ever encountered him in all of your life. 
You have got to, you have, got to have a hunger and a thirst to know him. Because storms come and storms go. But you must know this man called Jesus. You must. It can't be a Sunday morning thing. It can't be a Brother Rodney thing. It can't be a Brother Wayne thing. No, it's got to be me and Jesus. And I must encounter him. Because the storms are coming. And I'm not, a, I'm not a negative preacher. By no means am I any of that. But I just know life happens. And some of you are just beginning to walk out. And the clouds are forming against you. But I'm going to tell you, my God is able. My God is able. And your church family is able. Well, if I had to walk in anything, I'd want to be in here. And I'd want to be one of the, I'd be, I'd, I'd want to be one of the best members. I want to, I'd, I'd want to be one of the members that everybody loved. I wouldn't want to just have one or two of y'all as my friends. I'd want the whole bunch to be. When Brother, when Brother Rodney, and I know that happens because I'm the preacher, but it can happen with you too. When so-and-so got, oh my gosh, they just, we had to cut food off. We, we stopped bringing all that food. Yeah. But if you're just a one hour here and a one hour yonder, man, no, I want to be in here. I don't know what, what's the old saying, be in like Flint. I don't know what that means, but it's what y'all used to say. Storms are coming. Are you ready? What do you got to fight with? What have you got to fight with? See, that's why we don't push church attendance around here. Not about that. It's not about checking your name off. It's not about having a large crowd. I like all of that. There's nothing wrong with that. But I want to equip you for the storm. And that's my responsibility, is to equip you for life. Equip you for life. That's why I don't want the enemy to drag you out of here. That's why I don't want the enemy to use whatever to get you out of this place. Tonight will be a, a highlight night at Auburn Heights. And it's so special for the life of this church that if you were employed by Auburn Heights, tonight's meeting would be mandatory. That's how important it is. But you're all volunteers and I can't do a mandatory meeting. <laughs> but if there's any way possible, I would be here tonight. I don't say this much. Okay? But tonight's going to be a special a special time. And I want to encourage you to come. I think it's a pivotal point for our church. I think we're going to be talking about some things tonight that are pivotal to where we head. And Father, for those who are facing stuff right now, God, I thank you that they belong to us. And you're going to be faithful, God. You're going to be faithful. Yeah, the clouds are forming. But the wind and rain still know your name. The wind and rain still know your name. And Holy Spirit right now, invade that situation. Those two situations, invade it right now, Father. Cancer, you're alive from the pits of hell. You have no authority. You're not going to win. You're not going to win. Holy Spirit, we need you. We need you, we need you, we need you. 
<clears throat> more. 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 Peace of God, flood that spirit right now. Flood that soul. Flood that soul. <clears throat> there may be more than two or three we don't know about. So Lord, right now, every situation that's connected to our house <clears throat> that you've put us in charge of, that you've given us charge over, Lord, we speak life into every one of them. We speak life into every one of them. Right now, Father. Right now. Satan, you're a liar from hell. And all he keeps saying is, what about those that didn't make it? What about those? You're a liar from hell. Our God is still on the throne. And there's millions that did make it. And we may not understand all that, those that didn't. And we don't. But that ain't going to diminish our faith. That's not going to diminish our desire to see these that are walking through storms now be healed in Jesus' name. So, Father, we do raise a hallelujah. We raise a hallelujah. Praise team, I want you to come back up here. We're going to close out with that song. We do raise a hallelujah. And the same God that touched Jackson can touch these situations. The same God that, that touched Angie can touch these situations. The same God where the world says that, that Cheryl wouldn't live but a year. The same God that gave her five or six more years is still alive in the well today. The same God that touched Doug Boatner and blessed Doug Boatner. Still alive and well today. And is still doing miracles. God, we don't understand a lot. But God, I thank you for right now in the name of Jesus that you touch these situations. Peace of God, flood their spirit. Flood their spirit. And Auburn Heights, I'm challenging you to go to battle for these people. I can't call their names right now. But I'm begging, I'm, I'm telling you, go to battle. This is your family. This is your family. Battle for them. Believe for them. Father, thank you. We're not in this alone. 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 In Jesus' name. Stand together. Let's close with this song.